Lesson number 146, Surah Al-Isra, ayah number 66 to 77. Rabbukum, your Lord, meaning Allah, your Lord, the one who created you, and the one who created everything. The one who owns you, and the one who owns everything. He is the one who, alladhi, he who, yuzji lakum, he drives for you. What does he push on for you? Al-fulka, the ships. Where? Fil-bahri, in the sea. Why? Litabtagu, so that you may seek min fadlihi from his bounty. Both worldly as well as religious. Innahu kana bikum rahima. Indeed, he is ever with you, merciful. Towards you, he is very merciful. And this, what is mentioned over here, is just one example of His mercy on you. And what is that? That how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes ships to move, to sail on water. The word that is used over here, yuzji. Yuzji is ja, from the root letters, zai, jim, wow. Is ja is basically to push a camel. Now obviously a camel, if you want it to move forward, you're not going to push it with your hand. Alright? What is it that you're going to do? You're going to urge it on, how? By making certain sounds. Alright? Like for example, if you're ever riding a horse, you know, there's different ways of making the horse run faster. Different ways of making camels walk faster, run faster. So isja is to urge something on, to make it move forward, to drive it, to propel it. And how is that done? Time after time. So every few minutes, for example... The horse or the camel is given some indication because of which it will understand that I have to move faster. I have to run faster. So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that الَّذِي يُزْجِي لَكُمُ الْفُلْكَ He makes the ships move on for you. Where? At sea. If you think about it, ships sailing on water. There's two things involved over here. First of all, the fact that ships are floating and not sinking. They're actually staying on the surface of the water and they're not sinking in the water. And this is amazing. That how something very small, like a pin, if you put it on water, what's going to happen? It's going to sink immediately. A heavy ball, like for example a bowling ball, what will happen to it? It will sink. However, when it comes to a ship, huge, massive ship, carrying people, carrying burdens, carrying loads, what happens to it? It doesn't sink. Why? What's the reason? Physics, right? Now if you think about it, who designed that physics? Who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? You study about it in science, density and so on and so forth. Who decided? Who made the system? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did. And it is very amazing. If you study it, if you reflect on it, it is quite astonishing that how just with a little bit of difference in weight, in volume, in mass, how something could float and how something can sink. Can When you study physics, you find out that it's pretty much just a set of rules that we've tried to figure out to how the world works. But subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created this world, the one who set these rules into place. Yes. And these rules, I mean, we've just figured some of them out. We haven't discovered them or understood them or known them completely, 100%. Right? These are just rules that we think because of which you know a ship will float and it will not sink. So who designed it? 
who set those up? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then it's amazing how a ship, when it's on the water, what happens? As the wind blows, it will move forward. But you know that the sails, they have to be angled on a certain you know position or whatever, and only then they will move forward. Otherwise, what will happen? The ship will not move forward. Right? So it is a very interesting science. Now, people, they learn how to sail ships even today, even though they don't need to really go on sail ships and travel from one part of the world to the other. And in order to learn this skill, I mean, you have to have knowledge of physics and so on and so forth. I mean, there's literally schools out there that will teach you how to use a sailboat. And there's a lot of physics involved in that. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who designed this for you, made this for you. Why? So that you can travel from one part to the other and seek the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He created the earth, He didn't put everything in one place. Nor did He put everything in every place. Rather, He scattered different things, different people, different things of benefit to people all over the world. وَقَدَّرَ فِيهَا أَقْوَاتَهَا Everything is not consolidated or you know, confined to one place. And because of this reason, we see that people need to travel. Sometimes you need to travel to meet your family. Sometimes you need to travel to seek knowledge. People travel in order to get food, in order to trade, buy and sell. I mean, think about it. So many times, when you're living in this country, in this city, why is that you buy things online? And they're shipped to you from Australia, from China, from Hong Kong, from so many parts of the world. So, min fadli, You can seek his bounty. And over here, fadl, what does it refer to? The different worldly blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed us with. And then also, it refers to religious benefits. You know, people have to travel in order to do hajj. And if sea travel was not possible, many people would never be able to go for hajj. So, min fadli, إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِكُمْ رَحِيمًا Indeed, he is ever with you, towards you, merciful. This is Allah's mercy, that He enabled you to travel. He gave you the mind, the intellect, to observe and figure out how things work. And then you make ships, you make boats, and then not just sails, but engines, and so on and so forth. And with that, you accomplish your goals, your wishes. وَإِذَا مَسَّكُمُ الضُّرُّ وَإِذَا and when مَسَّكُمْ It touches you. الضُّرُّ Adversity. And the word ضُرُّ Adversity, it refers to what is suffered by the nafs, meaning an adversity that strikes the nafs, the person. You know, for example, a physical ailment. Or for example, anxiety. This is all dur, Fear, worry, fever. You know, a fractured bone. All of this is what? Dur, examples of dur, what is experienced in the body. But it's not just limited to what is experienced in the body. Dur is also adversity that is experienced in your circumstances, in your ahwal. So, وَإِذَا مَسَّكُمُ الضُّرُّ فِي الْبَحْرُ When you are at sea and adversity touches you. How? For example, a huge storm, sails not working anymore, the ship, you know, it's drowning. And what is the dur then? Fear of drowning. There are violent waves over there. So you are afraid for your life. What happens in that situation? Because if you are on land, 
and your car breaks down, what happens? You can just walk. Even if you have to walk for two days or for two hours, you can eventually get from one place to another. Right? But at sea, if your means of transportation breaks down, then what will happen? What will happen? You'll drown. You'll die. And we see this even recently. How many ships? I mean, they've drowned. And how many people have lost their lives? So when you are in a situation like this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Dalla. It gets lost. Who gets lost? Man, whoever, tad'una, you all call upon, you make dua to, illa iyahu, except him. You forget about everyone but Allah. What happens at that time is that you forget about your idols, you forget about your friends, you forget about your connections, you forget about everyone whom you used to previously invoke, whom you used to previously ask for help, and who is the only one that you remember at that time? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, this is the reason why they say there are no atheists at sea. Right? Because what happens in a situation like that? Even a person who does not believe in God, who does he cry out to? God. Right? If a person worships idols, or worships Isa alayhi salam, or any other form of shirk he's lost in, then what will he do when nothing will work? Eventually, he will call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. ضَلَّ مَن تَدْعُونَ إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ فَلَمَّا نَجَّاكُمْ Then when He saves you, Allah rescues you, He delivers you to safety, إِلَى الْبَرِّ To land. You were in the middle of the sea, your ship broke down, or your boat, it broke down, and you were at the verge of drowning. Miraculously, you were saved. Only Allah saved you. You called upon Him. And when He brings you to land, to safety, what do you do? Do you thank Allah? No, أَعْرَضْتُمْ You turn away. You turn away from Allah. You don't even thank Him. And instead of continuing to worship Him alone, you associate partners with Him. What does Allah say? وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ And man is ever ungrateful. Extremely ungrateful. Allah alone saved him, and he does not even thank Allah. Over here what is mentioned is not just limited to people who go through this exact experience. But in general we see that this is human behavior. That when we are in adversity, when we are in difficulty, who do we think about? Who do we turn to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing else. We forget about everybody. No one else comes to our mind. Who is it that we call upon? Allah. And then when Allah takes us out of that difficult situation, saves our life, lets us live, you know, cures us, takes that pain away, delivers us from that difficult problem, what happens afterwards? What is the way of the majority of us? We don't thank Allah. Think about it. The last time that you took a very difficult exam, did you make dua? I'm sure you did. What do we do? We make dua, we give sadaqah, we keep saying, Ya Allah, please forgive me, please forgive me, and please, if you help me this time, I will be good, I will do this, I will do that. We make dua, we talk to Allah, we beg Him for help. But as soon as that exam is over, let's go party, have fun. Aratum, You turn away. You don't even say, Alhamdulillah. 
I was going on an international flight and the captain announces that we are having uh, no gear, front gear, and we are going to have an emergency landing. So everybody was prepared to inflate the slides. And when we were landing, so we, we all Muslims started saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. All the non-Muslims, they learned from us what we were saying. And the whole aircraft was saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And they learned from us, what are you saying? Because they know Allahu Akbar, we are Muslims are saying something. So the whole aircraft was saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And when we landed, the front games came out and we landed safely. Alhamdulillah. Now, think about it. Allah saved everybody. Everybody called upon who? Allah. Even those who did not believe in Allah in the right way were calling upon Allah. But then what happens afterwards when Allah saves us? You turn away. You forget about Him. And then you get lost in everything else. What happens at the time of adversity? Everyone else, dalla. You lose them. You forget about them. You don't think about them. And then when Allah saves you, who do you forget? Allah. And who do you remember? Everybody else. If somebody did that to you, that generally they don't care about you, they don't talk to you, they don't call you, they don't message you, nothing. But every time they need something for you, that's when they call you. You help them, you talk to them. You spend an hour talking to them, comforting them. And then the next day when the problem is solved, you call them, no answer. Three days later, you call them, no answer. You send them a message, no answer. You send them an email, no answer. You wonder if they're alive or dead. And then you run by them somewhere and they pretend as if they didn't see you. What do you think about such a person? What would you say about such a person? They're your friend? They've used you. Right? They're so selfish. If we as human beings don't like this, we think it's very rude if someone uses us at time of need and then later on they forget us. Think about it. Does this befit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we do this with Him? أَفَأَمِنْتُمْ Do you feel secure? أَنْ that يَخْسِفَ بِكُمْ يَخْسِفَ بِكُمْ It will swallow you. What? Janib al-Barri The side of the land. Yaqsifa is from khasf. Khasinfa. And khasf is to sink with. Basically when the earth swallows what is above it. And it happens. Like for example an earthquake. And there was a house. And then after the earthquake the house is nowhere to be found. Part of the road. Gone. Where is it? Swallowed by the earth. What happened with Qarun? You remember? What happened with Qarun? He was walking on the earth, displaying all of his wealth. And then what happened? His home, his money, him, everything swallowed. So do you feel secure that this will not happen to you? Allah can cause the earth to swallow you. Janib al-barri. Janib, side. And al-bar, land. Meaning, do you think you are safe on land? The fact that you had to call upon Allah when you were at sea shows that you were needy of Allah. So what do you think? When you're safe, when you're on land, you think you're not needy of Allah? You think Allah does not have control over that earth? You think He cannot hold you accountable over there? You think He cannot seize you there? You think He cannot punish you there? أو or يرسل عليكم He will send upon you Hasiba. A shower of stones. From where? From the sky. Hasib, ha, sad, ba. 
And Hausab is basically a violent wind. Such a violent wind or a hurricane that picks up everything in its way, even sand and pebbles and leaves and pieces of wood and stones. And what happens when a wind blows like this, when it's picking up everything that's on its way? It will throw things also. Right? So this is the reason why Hausab is used for a shower of stones. You know, for example, a sandstorm. What happens in it? Sand is picked up and it's all over in the air. You can't even open your eyes. Because if you do, it goes into your eyes. It can injure you severely. When violent wind, really fast wind is blowing, it's dangerous to be outside because you never know a tree might be uprooted and thrown upon you. Exactly. I mean, there's no visibility. And not just that, it's actually very dangerous. So it is said that Hauslip is a violent wind. Okay, where? At land. So, أَوْ يُرْسِلَ عَلَيْكُمْ حَاصِبًا ثُمَّ لَا تَجِدُوا لَكُمْ وَكِيلًا Then you will not find for yourselves a wakil, an advocate, someone to protect you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the message that we are being given? That at sea, when we're in difficulty, we remember Allah. Why? Because we realize only He can help. But why is it that when we're at land, we think we are safe? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has full authority, power over us, wherever we are. Whether we are at sea or we are on land. He can cause a storm to come and destroy us at sea. And He can cause a storm to come and destroy us on land. He can send a shower of stones. He can cause the earth to swallow us. Basically, we can never run away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we obey Him, we are His servants. If we disobey Him, we are still His servants. We can never escape the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His grip. We can never avoid Him. So when people, when they turn away from Allah, what are they thinking? When we forget Allah, what are we thinking? You know, for example, if there is a person whom you used to know a long time ago and now you don't want to know them anymore and you just basically want to avoid them to the best of your ability, what happens? You can delete their contact. They try to reach you somewhere on social media. You block them. You can do that, right? Can they force themselves on you? No, they cannot. Can they harm us? No, they cannot. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, can we really run away from Him? Can we hide from Him anywhere? So turning away from Allah, what is this then? Pure foolishness. What is a person doing? He is harming himself. And in fact, he is showing extreme ingratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who helps him, the one who provides him, the one who saves him. And look at this man running away from Allah. Where? Where to? You know, like in the Quran, we learn, لا مَلْجَأَ مِنَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا إِلَيْهِ There is no place of refuge from Allah except to Him, with Him. If you want to be saved from His punishment, you have to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Al-Rahman, Allah says, يَا مَعْشَرَ الْجِلِّ وَالْإِنسِ إِنِ اسْتَطَعْتُمْ أَن تَنْفُذُوا مِنْ أَقْطَارِ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ فَانْفُذُوا لَا تَنْفُذُونَ إِلَّا بِسُلْطَانِ That, O oh, assembly of jinn and men, if you are able to pass beyond the regions of the heavens and the earth, then go ahead. Try to escape, try to run, but you cannot. You cannot do so because no matter where you are, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has power over you. 
But generally what happens? Where we feel weak, then we feel afraid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And where we have some control, some authority, then we tend to forget Him. But the fact is that no matter what control, what authority, what power, what health we have, we are still weak. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still has power over us. In Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 65, Allah says, قُلْ هُوَ الْقَادِرُ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَبْعَثَ عَلَيْكُمْ عَذَابًا مِنْ فَوْقِكُمْ أَوْ مِنْ تَحْتِ أَرْجُلِكُمْ Say, Allah, He is the one who has the qudra to send punishment on you from above you and also from beneath your feet. From above you and from beneath you. How can we save ourselves from Allah? How can we protect ourselves from Allah? How can we run away from Him? We cannot. Because who are we? Servants. Who are we? We are owned by Him. Allah is Malik, He is the owner, and we are Mamluk, we are owned by Him. He is the Rabb, He is the Lord, and who are we? Makhluk, we are His creation. So running away from Allah, avoiding Him, what is it? Pure foolishness. A person is only harming himself. You know there's a hadith in Sahih Muslim, a hadith Qudsi, in which we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, O oh my servants, all of you are astray, are lost, except for those whom I guide. So ask me for guidance and I will guide you. O oh my servants, all of you are hungry, except for those whom I feed. So ask me for food and I will feed you. O oh my servants, all of you are naked, except for those whom I clothe. So ask me for clothes and I will clothe you. O my servants, you can never reach a level where you can harm me. You can never reach a level where you can benefit me. And if all of mankind and all of jinn were to become as righteous as the most righteous person ever, everyone became super righteous, like the most pious person ever, that would not benefit Allah. It would not increase Him in His dominion. And if all of men and if all of jinn would become as wicked as the most wicked person, like imagine Fir'aun, how evil. Imagine Iblis, how evil. Imagine every single human being and every single jinn became like Iblis or became like Fir'aun. That would not cause any loss to Allah's power, to Allah's dominion. Allah says in that hadith Qudsi, we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, O oh my servants, it is your deeds that I am recording for you, that are being recorded for you. And I will recompense you for them. So basically what we're being told in that hadith is that no matter what we do, whether we do good, whether we do bad, whether we remember Allah or turn away from Him, thank Him or are ungrateful to Him, can we cause Allah any benefit or any loss? Not at all. Who do we benefit? Ourselves. Who do we harm? Ourselves, because it is our deeds which are being recorded for who? For us. They're going to come back to us. We're going to be paid back for them. So the fact is that Allah is ghani. He is rich. He is free of need of us. We need Him and He does not need us at all. So if we remember Him, it's for our own good. Am amintum? Or do you feel secure? An yu'idakum? that He will return you, send you back. Ain wa'udal, a'ud. A'da ya'udu, to return. Yu'ida, He will return you. Yu'idakum. So do you feel secure 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He can return you, fihi in it. Where? Back to sea. Back on a ship. Taratan ukhra, another time. Tara, a turn. Come back. Ukhra, another. You think He cannot send you back to sea again? Another time? Of course He can. You know, sometimes it happens that you go somewhere and you have a very, very bad experience. And you come back and you're like, never again. I'm never going there again. So for instance, you take a flight, first time ever, and you're throwing up from the moment the airplane takes off until it lands. So then what do you say? You're like, that's it. I'm never going on an airplane again. You can avoid it for five years, you can avoid it for ten years, but then what happens? You have to go. You have to travel. You go to a particular country and you hated it from the first day to the last day of your visit. You were sick. You had terrible experiences. What do you say? I'm never going there again. And you try your best to avoid that place. But what happens? Certain circumstances are created because of which you cannot avoid. Right? So, if you made promises to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at sea when you were in difficulty and Allah saved you and later on you forgot about Allah and then you say, well, you know what? I'm on land. I'm fine now. I'm safe now. You think really you're safe? You think Allah cannot take you back at sea? Am amintum? Do you feel secure? أَن يُعِيدَكُمْ فِيهِ تَارَةٌ أُخْرَى فَيُرْسِلَ عَلَيْكُمْ قَاصِفًا Then he will send on you a qasif. What is qasif? Qasif is to break. And qasif is basically a destructive storm at sea in which there's violent wind, huge waves, everything is so violent and destructive that basically everything is qasif, broken, maqsuf, broken. So qasif, a violent storm that is very destructive. Earlier we learned hasib. Hasib is what? A violent storm that is very destructive. Where? On land. And this is the one at sea. قَاصِفٌ مِّنَ الرِّيحِ Of wind. Meaning such wind that is destructive. He can send it. فَيُغْرِقَكُمْ And he can cause you to drown. بِمَا كَفَرْتُمْ Because you disbelieved. When? Earlier. When you were in a similar situation earlier, you called upon him and then later on you turned away from him. So now he will bring you back and he can finish you because of your disbelief. ثُمَّ لَا تَجِدُوا Then you will not find لَكُمْ for yourselves عَلَيْنَا against us بِهِ For it تَبِيعَا An avenger. You cannot find any avenger against us. تَبِيعَ What's the root? تَبَعَيْن What does تَبَعَ mean? To follow. اتِّبَعَ To follow. So تَبِيعَ is one that follows, one that pursues, one that goes after the other. For example, if someone has been unfair with you, alright, and you want to take revenge, but you're not able to, because you're in a different country, what will you do? You will ask someone to go and take revenge for you. You will hire them, you will get a lawyer, you will sue them, so on and so forth. But who can you find? Is there anybody that you can find in this universe, who can take revenge on your behalf from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Seriously, is there anyone that can take revenge from Allah for you? No. What can you do? What are you going to do if Allah destroys you, if Allah punishes you? You can't do anything. In Surah Al-Shams, Ayah 14 to 15, we learn, فَكَذَّبُوهُ فَعَقَرُوهَا فَدَمْدَمَ عَلَيْهِمْ رَبُّهُمْ بِذَنْبِهِمْ 
Allah does not fear the consequences because there's no one who can question him. There's no one who can take revenge from him. And the fact is that Allah does not do zulm at all. So if he were to punish you at this instant, it would not be injustice. It would be something that you would deserve because you called upon him earlier and then later on you turned away from him. This is what you deserve then. To be punished in the place where you were treacherous with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَمْ أَمِنْتُمْ أَنْ يُعِيدَكُمْ فِيهِ تَارَةً أُخْرَى فَيُرْسِلَ عَلَيْكُمْ قَاصِفًا مِنَ الْرِيحِ The fact is that as human beings, what are we? Mortals, right? We're not here forever. If we survive one disaster and live on for a few more years, are we going to remain like that forever? No. We know that each time we come out of a problem, very soon there's going to be another problem. If you survive one winter, you know that next year winter will come again. Right? Sooner or later, something is going to come and strike us and finish us. You know, for example, a person thinks, oh, there was such a bad car accident, Alhamdulillah was not there, Alhamdulillah was saved. Yes, Alhamdulillah. But how many times are we going to be saved? Eventually a time will come when we will not be saved. When we will die. Because we're not here forever. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajirun. We're going back to Him. So why run away from Him? Why avoid Him? Why turn away from Him? وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمْ And certainly, we have honored the children of Adam. وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا كَرَّمَ يُكَرِّمُ تَكْرِيمُ Takrim is to honor someone. Karam, to show generosity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we have certainly honored and we have been generous towards who? The children of Adam. How? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored man over the rest of the creation. Earlier we learned about the incident of Iblis. That how when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam, He told the angels to prostrate to Adam. Wasn't that takreem? Wasn't that honor? From the very beginning, Allah honored human beings. He made the angels prostrate to Adam. And He even told a jinn to prostrate to Adam. Yes, that jinn refused. All right. However, what does it show? That the status of the human being that is righteous, that believes, that is good, is higher than that of the angels, and it's higher than that of the jinn. It's higher. وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمْ And if you look at the rest of the creation, for example, animals, birds, insects, then has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored us above them? How? Just look at your body. In the physical form that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us, has He not honored us? Think about it. A goat, a lion, elephant. I mean, all these animals... Amazing in their own ways. But how are they? Walking on all fours. And imagine if we human beings also walked on fours. On our hands and on our feet. Would that be takreem? Body is bent forward, humbled. Or for example, a snake. How is it? Its entire body is on the ground. 
Look at a bird. It doesn't even have hands. It has feathers that are behind it. Wings that are behind it. On the sides of it. وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمْ Just look at the body. Compare the human body with the rest of the creatures. How Allah has really honored the human being. Look at the skin. Every other creature, what does it have on it? Either fur or feathers or something of the sort. But human skin is unique. It is so different. Look at the human hair. It's not all over the body in the sense that hair just as there is on your head. There is no hair like that on your nose. There is no hair like that on your forehead. There is no hair like that on your hands. Have you ever seen a picture of a human hand next to the hand of a monkey or something? What do you see? They're so similar. Yet one is far more dignified than the other. Yeah. I mean animals, they have just one skin, one fur. Right? But human beings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us clothes. Right? Which we can change according to season. Just recently I was watching this documentary about chipmunks. That how throughout the summer, poor chipmunks, each chipmunk lives in its own hole. All right? And throughout the summer, it's just collecting nuts. Okay? And why? Because throughout the winter, it needs the food. And they were showing about how this one chipmunk, busy collecting, collecting, collecting. And once when it goes, he's being watched by an older chipmunk. And that older chipmunk, what he does is, that he steals all of the nuts that that little chipmunk had collected. And then when that little chipmunk returns to its tunnel and sees there's hardly anything left, and he finds the culprit, he tries to fight, but then he escapes to save his own life. And fall has already entered, and the poor chipmunk has to go in a very dangerous territory to find more food. And I was just thinking that, why does it need to collect all that food? Because once the snow and the ice is going to cover the ground, that's it. The poor creature cannot come out. And if it comes out, it's going to freeze to death. It cannot survive. But as human beings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not just given us you know, a body or food, but even aql, just reasoning, through which we can observe and learn and plan. We don't have to hibernate through winter. Right? We can make clothes with which we can protect ourselves. We have come up with so many ways to make our way out of the snow. Right? وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمِ Allah has honored the children of Adam. But it's amazing how Allah has gifted us the most, honored us the most, but yet we remember Him the least. We learned earlier that وَإِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ Everything is doing tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Living or non-living, animal or bird. What is it doing? Busy glorifying Allah. And we who have been honored the most, gifted with the most number of blessings, what is our way? We use, 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 take, 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 and forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَعْرَضْتُمْ وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمُ وَحَمَلْنَاهُمْ now that takreem is being explained over here, that how is it that Allah has honored us? How has He preferred us over the rest of the creatures? وَحَمَلْنَاهُمْ And we have carried them. Meaning, we have made them travel from one place to the other. Where? فِي وَالْبَحْرِ فِي In the land. وَالْبَحْرِ And also the sea. We can travel through the land and we can also travel through water. And it's amazing. 
And now, alhamdulillah, we can also travel through air. فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ وَرَزَقْنَاهُمْ And we have provided them مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ Of good things. So many good things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided us that are better and finer than the things that other creatures enjoy. Just look at your food compared to the food that an average goat eats. What does it eat? Grass, leaves, herbs. Okay, you might say that, oh, they're full of such and such and such. Very good. But look at what's in your bowl. Look at what you're eating. You're not just eating green leaves. What are you eating along with that? So many other colors. So many other flavors. So many other textures. وَرَزَقْنَاهُ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ And so much variety of good things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Good things that we eat, good things that we wear, good things that we see. So many good things that we enjoy. We experience. I mean, animals if they eat, why do they eat? Why do they eat? Because they need the food to survive. That's the main reason, right? But when we eat, why do we eat? Just to survive? No. We eat for fun. To enjoy. And this is why taste matters so much to us. It matters so much to us. I mean, animals, what do they eat? Sometimes leftovers of each other. You know, for instance, a monkey will come and eat the fruit of a tree and some of it will fall to the ground. And then what's fallen to the ground, you know, for example, a mouse or something will come and eat some of it. And what is left will be taken by ants. I mean, they're eating leftovers of each other. What are we eating? Tayyibat. Best quality, finest quality. So much variety. وَرَزَقْنَاهُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَفَضَّلْنَاهُمْ And we have preferred them. عَلَى كَثِيرٍ Over many. مِمَّنْ Among those whom خَلَقْنَا We created تَفْضِيلًا A definite preference. We have preferred mankind over much of what we have created. How? With a definite preference. Meaning definitely Allah has preferred the children of Adam over the rest of the creation. And there is no doubt about this. There's no doubt about this. If you think about it, even scientifically, I mean, people have existed on this earth for centuries, thousands of years. But there are other creatures also that have existed on this earth for thousands of years. But why is it that out of all the different creatures, it's only human beings that have developed this way? Intellectually, socially. But other creatures, you don't see that. Why? Because Allah has chosen mankind over the rest of the creation. But I want you to notice something here. وَفَضَّلْنَاهُمْ عَلَىٰ كَثِيرٍ We have preferred mankind over many of our creation. Majority of the creation. Not all of the creation. What does it mean? That human beings, they have preference over the rest of the creation, but this is not unconditional. This is not in the absolute sense. It is with a condition. Because if it was such that unconditionally people were better, then what would happen? Kathir would not have been mentioned over here. What does Kathir show? That there are some who will be better than human beings. Better than human beings. When? When human beings will not believe. When they will not obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When they will turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
You know, like in the Quran we learn, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ That certainly we have created the human being in the best mold, in the best form. ثُمَّ رَدَدْنَاهُ أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ But then what happens to that same human being? He becomes the lowest of the low. When? When he doesn't believe. When he doesn't see the obvious. When he turns away from Allah. Remember in Surah Al-An'am we learned that people who don't believe in Allah, who turn away from Him, what is their state? They are like An'am. أُولَٰئِكَ كَالْأَنْعَامْ بَلْ هُمْ They are like animals. In fact, they are worse. Why? Because an animal, at least it recognizes its Lord. Or at least it's doing what it's supposed to. You know, for example, a cow, it will not rebel and say, no, I'm not eating grass. I've decided that I'm going to start eating meat from now on. No, it's not going to rebel. It cannot. It won't. It's doing what it's supposed to. Right? A honeybee. What does it do? It's doing what it's supposed to. Every creature is doing what it is supposed to. Except for who? Us. So when we obey Allah, then what happens? We become the best of the best. And when we disobey Allah, when we turn away from Him, then we become worse. Literally the worst. You know, like in Surah Al-Bayyinah, we learn that, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ خَيْرُ الْبَرِيَّةِ that people who believe and do righteous deeds, they are the best of the creation. Best of the creation. And on the other hand, those who disbelieve, those who do shirk, what is their state? أُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ شَرُّ الْبَرِيَّةِ They are the worst of the creation. So, وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمُ وَحَمَلْنَاهُمْ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ وَرَزَقْنَاهُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَفَضَّلْنَاهُمْ عَلَىٰ كَثِيرٍ مِمَّنْ خَلَقْنَا Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. رَبُّكُمُ الَّذِي يُزْجِي لَكُمُ الْفُلْكَ فِي الْبَحْرِ لِتَبْتَغُوا مِن فَضْلِهِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِكُمْ رَحِيمًا وَإِذَا مَسَّكُمُ الضُّرُّ فِي الْبَحْرِ ضَلَّ مَنْ تَدْعُونَ إِلَّا إِيَّاهِ فَلَمَّا نَجَّاكُمْ إِلَى الْبَرِّ أَعْرَضْتُمْ وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ كَفُورًا أَفَأَمِنْتُمْ أَنْ يَخْسِفَ بِكُمْ جَانِبَ الْبَرِّ أَوْ يُرْسِلَ عَلَيْكُمْ حَاصِبًا أَوْ يُرْسِلَ عَلَيْكُمْ حَاصِبًا ثُمَّ لَا تَجِدُوا لَكُمْ وَكِيلًا أَمْ أَمِنْتُمْ أَنْ يُعِيدَكُمْ فِيهِ تَارَةً أُخْرَى فَيُرْسِلَ عَلَيْكُمْ قَاصِفًا مِنَ الرِّيحِ فَيُغْرِقَكُمْ فَيُغْرِقَكُمْ بِمَا كَفَرْتُمْ ثُمَّ لَا تَجِدُوا لَكُمْ عَلَيْنَا بِهِ تَبِيعًا وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمَ وَحَمَلْنَاهُمْ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ وَرَزَقْنَاهُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَرَزَقْنَاهُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَفَضَّلْنَاهُمْ عَلَى كَثِيرٍ مِّمَّنْ خَلَقْنَا تَفْضِيلًا 
A few years back, I heard a poet say something very, it was kind of scary. He says, even the devil believes in God, so why don't you? And so it's, it's very true. If you think about it, Shaitan does believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though he doesn't choose to worship him. But there are some of us who don't even believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists, even though like this entire universe, everything that they're studying is a complete you know, testimony to the fact that he does. So really turning away from Allah in whatever form, whether it's turning away from acknowledging that He exists or turning away from you know, believing in Him, worshipping Him, obeying Him, it's destructive. It's going to destroy a person himself. I read this tweet. Uh, somebody said that my Lord has millions of servants, but He remembers them. And I have one Lord and I forget to remember Him. Think about it. Our Lord has millions of servants and He remembers me, or he remembers them, and he remembers me, all of them. He provides me, he has honored me, he has helped me, he has given me more than what I could ask for. But yet, we have one Lord, and still we forget him. We don't think about him. Now, why are we being told over here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored us and favored us above the rest of the creation? So that we feel grateful. Because once we realize the favors that someone has done to us, then we begin to acknowledge them and appreciate them. So first and foremost, what is our responsibility? Realize that whatever we have is from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know when you look at different creatures, compare yourself to them. What do we do? We compare ourselves to other people. They have this and I don't have this. Compare yourself with other creatures. Like for example, compare yourself with the table that's in front of you. It's one color, it doesn't move, it doesn't walk. It's probably never been outside. You know, it was packaged and brought in a box and just left over here. Has it ever felt the snow? Has it ever felt sunlight? Has it ever enjoyed walking in the rain? What does it know about life? Nothing. Does it have a mind? Does it speak as easily as you do? No. Think about it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has really preferred us in so many ways. In our body, physical form, we eat with our hands. And have you ever seen a bird you know, holding a nut with its paw and then eating it? Well, think about it. That foot is what it stands on. And sometimes it's standing on filth. And with that same foot, it's holding food and eating it. We don't eat like that. What do we eat with? With hands. There's takrim in it. There's honor in this. We walk on our feet, upright position. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us aql with which we can observe and learn and improve. He has given us ilm, knowledge. We can write, we can learn, we can reflect. He has given us the ability to speak, we can communicate, we can express our feelings. A goat, can it express its feelings? Can it vent out what it's going through? We can write, we can speak. Nutq, the ability to speak, even that is an honor. Just compare human voice with the voice of other creatures. Yes, birds, they chirp very beautifully. Alright, but human beings, when they sing, when they recite the Qur'an, that is even more beautiful. Assalamu alaikum. I'm just thinking about just something very simple that we might take for granted. is the, um, the teachings of how to clean ourselves when we go to the washroom. It seems very simple. Yet just because of that, we're honored. Yeah. And we're not walking around with a few little things going around with us. So exactly. I was just thinking about that. Yes. That how in this is an honor as well. 
Even if we, when we die, we are honored, alhamdulillah, the way we are washed, the shroud and everything is honored. And the animals compare to other creatures when they die. They just bury like that. But the body is just thrown. Have you ever seen on a road, I mean, an animal that dies, what happens to it? One car goes over it, another truck goes over it, another truck goes over it. And then you just see it's just pasted on the ground, literally. What's left of it? Nothing. But if a human being was ever laying like that, I mean, somebody would come and pick the body up and honor it. I was just thinking that even though some animals are stronger than us, like lions or tigers, we're still at the top of the food chain because of our intellects. Exactly. And again, some animals, they are stronger than us, but look at the way a lion eats. It can only eat with its mouth. It can't use his hands, right? And the face is all blood smeared. And I mean, just think about it. I was thinking that Takrim is not going to end here. If we obey Allah, we'll be, we'll be also enter Jannah, but the animal will be dust. Yes. That those who recognize that this Takrim that we're enjoying here is from Allah and they remember Him, they don't turn away from Him, then Allah will honor them even more in Jannah. And those who don't acknowledge that this takreem is from Allah, they turn away from Allah, then their state will be worse than animals in the Akhirah. I was thinking that higher status we have, right? The more responsible we should be. Of course. Because the higher the status, the more is expected of you.